Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is daddy soda time. Had a couple daddy sodas last night, actually. A nimble giant from Trogues. I had a... Blood Money from Conshohocken Brewing. Very delicious. Uh, so that was nice. Uh, you know what else is nice? BetOnline.ag. That's who presents the show. Use promo code PODCAST1 for the 50% welcome bonus. Hopefully some of you got a little something something from when I went ahead and won last week. The PODCAST1 Sportsnet Challenge. I will try to win this week again. That is my goal. That's what I try to accomplish. BetOnline.ag. He's Matt Waldman. He is the master of everything he oversees at the Rookie Scout Reading Portfolio, MattWaldmanRSP.com. His videos on Twitter, at Matt Waldman, are very entertaining. Thoroughly enjoy them. Hopefully you guys do as well. Tremendous breakdown of... What makes players good? The subtleties of playing positions, especially the skill positions. He's good for fantasy advice, too, for those of you that listen to the Fantasy Feast podcast, which uh, will be posted a little bit later today as well. Again, he's at Matt Wallman on Twitter. We got Wake Forest Clemson. Wake Forest actually has some dudes. Oklahoma Baylor and Georgia Auburn. Three awesome games. You can also... Hit check me out on Twitter, by the way, and Instagram and Facebook. It's at Ross Tucker NFL for all of them. I think most of you know this. Maybe not all of you know this. Former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Love college football. Got another Army game on Saturday. Love, love, love talking with you guys and Matt Waldman about college football. And because I travel so much, that is why I'm into ExpressVPN. Look, if there's a lot of different reasons to get ExpressVPN, right? A lot of different reasons. And think about any reason you could ever want where you can have an international VPN. And every time you go online, it keeps all your network data encrypted, secure, and safe from hackers. 
comes with apps for computers, mobile and digital media players like Fire TV. The best and definitely fastest VPN I've tried. It costs less than $7 per month and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash draft. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S vpn.com slash draft for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash draft to learn more. Let's get into it, Matt. Let's start with a team I saw earlier this season, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. They got a bunch of good players, by the way. Basham, Carlos Basham, the D-end, is a pretty big prospect. Uh, I like uh, Sage Surratt, their wide receiver, number 14. I think he's only a redshirt sophomore. He's a stud. They play 3.30 p.m. Uh, and I'm curious, you got a couple of fifth-year seniors here to break down, which is great. I want to start with running back Cade Carney. He actually did not play in the game that I called, Matt. It was Wake Forest against Rice. He was a little bit beat up, but I watched him the week before against Utah State and absolutely loved him. I mean, he was just running people over left and right, and he's been very productive for them for three or four years. Oh, he absolutely has, and it's, and I'm hoping we'll get a chance to profile Wake Forest again to catch some more of these players. But uh, Carney, you know, he's he's a fun watch because while he doesn't have top end speed, he does have nice short area burst. He can take the corner on some top SEC athlete or excuse me, top ACC athletes. Um, excellent pacing to set up his burst as a ball carry. So he understands what he's doing within in the scheme. He wins with pad level. He's aggressive. He's a strong guy. I know that, uh, you know, guys like the, uh, you know, you think of the Phil Steele previews and they talk about him being in the 1500 pound club in terms of the weight room. Um, he's a guy who, who certainly is going to run over defensive backs. He can run over some linebackers, and he's going to push piles on defensive linemen. Um, he, he runs pretty well from a shotgun zone and gap plays. Um, he sets them up with patience. He's not incredibly agile. You know, He's not the type of guy that's going to get a lot of whip, width when he um, does any type of hard cut, but he's someone that has a pretty good footwork to make a safety miss in the open field. He stops fast, which is always pretty good for a player that if you can stop fast, you can gen- that's usually more important of whether how fast you can run. It can set up good angles for changes of direction that are just going to be practical for him. Um, and he's a tough blocker with a good punch. He has a good feel for passing lanes, is, you know, and his, he, he has the eyes and the footwork to spot and slide to a free defender inside or outside in. And he's a good cut blocker as well. And with, with decent receiving skills on checks on check downs, I think Kate Carney has a shot to make an NFL team. I think that he's someone that will be appreciated for his pass protection, for his check down receiving, and the fact that he does run tough and intelligently. Yeah, and you know what, Matt? I, I, I picture him actually 
having a chance to be pretty good on special teams. I'd be oh, curious. Yeah. Like I, I, I can see him in training camp surprising some people and, and being good on special teams. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that that's probably a great place for where he's going to get a chance to begin. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if a team wants to use him as a fullback or H-back on a certain level, depending on um, you know how they want to um, scheme their offense and what he could bring to the table. It's a really good point, too, because I think he'd be willing to get his nose dirty and, and lead as a fullback at times. His, I mean... I don't know what games you watched of him, but if you watched the Utah State game, he had a couple of crazy runs in that game that were really, really impressive. So um, I'm glad I'm glad he was one of the guys that you picked. They actually had another kid that got hurt that I really liked too, named Justin Sternad, uh, number 23, a linebacker who runs really well. He got hurt though; he's out for the year. Unfortunately, he's a fifth-year senior, but He's definitely a pro prospect. I like their quarterback. We mentioned their receivers. Um, I was not expecting to see the tight end. Frudenthal on here, former walk-on. I think it was like 205 when he got there, but I'm I'm glad that he is. What do you have on Jack Frudenthal? Yeah, and I mean, you know, we're looking at guys who are not just going to be, you know, you're slating to be the top prospects, but also guys who are going to get a shot in camp and and obviously you know there's something that they can possibly bring to the table and it's a guy that plays the slot he play they move him around on the wing in line but he's mostly more of like an h-back um he's a smooth pass catcher he transitions quickly downhill he has flat breaks and sudden turns he gets his head around quickly to look for the ball out of his out of his breaks um and then as far as a blocker he's probably at best because of his athletic um, build at this point in terms of physical build is that he's probably best on double teams and chips or stock blocking. He's undersized right now for line work and probably likely to stay more of an H back in terms of, of his build. Um, he does sell the stock block pretty well and converts it um, in terms of being able to, to be able to sell that as a possibility of what he's doing into a route and then be able to, to swipe his arms, dip up field and get up the seam. Um, and then in terms of you know where he's going to start, he's also more of a special teams guy right now. He covers kicks and punts for Wake Forest. He has some skill as a tackler, um, and you know in terms of on the field for the offense, he's probably better as a pass protector at this point than a run blocker. Um, he's good at sliding inside, picking up a gap blitzes. He does some good work being able to square and punch and move his feet um, to be able to stone some linebackers. So I think that, again, we're looking at guys who are more in that Derek Carrier type of mode, um, you know, in terms of his his upside, if you're, if you're going to talk about upside for an offense. Next up, uh, Clemson has about a million prospects always. Uh, we both know that. But uh, you're going with Isaiah Simmons, and I'm really glad you are. He's been getting so much hype this year. Rightfully so. Seems like the true hybrid player that people love these days. You know, I know I mentioned that I think Chase Young is the best player in college football on Twitter. And there were people that said, uh, you mean other than Isaiah Simmons? So obviously the Clemson faithful believe that Isaiah Simmons is having that kind of year. What do you see from the Clemson outside linebacker? Yeah, and you know certainly when you move on to Clemson, you see all the prospects that they have. They 
they definitely use him as a, I, I kind of joke that they use him as a glorified nickelback and a spy. And he has that great length and closing burst. He, as an athlete, I mean, he can touch 11 feet, 10 inches in a vertical jump. I think the big question is really, is he a, a great nickelback and spy? What really is he for the NFL and how can the NFL use him best? I mean, he has quick zone drops. He works alley downhill pretty well. He's a strong pursuit tackler, which means he wraps well in the open field, chasing people down. Um, he does tend to drop pretty low um, to make his tackles can drop his head a little bit, which means that he can sometimes miss the, the ball carrier or end up in a place where if you're already shooting for the ankles, when you can probably go a little bit higher, you have nowhere else to slide down if you can't get a wrap on a guy. So there's risk of him missing some tackles. Though from what I've seen on tape, he's, he's pretty darn good as a pursuit tackler that that doesn't happen very often. Um, he does work in the flat as a run defender to force um, you know, blockers out, you know, to force really the runner to the outside or inside and make the, you know, the running back really work back into, you know, Simmons's teammates. He's not a physical run defender. I mean, I don't see him as a guy that's going to be stacking and shedding and setting the edge, at least at this point in his career from what we're looking at. And, and I, I don't think that projects extremely well to him um, in terms of what his game is. He does cover the slot receivers he funnels them well to the sideline, and he can really flip his hips. I mean, this is a guy that covered Miles Boykin last year in the bowl game where you watch him flip his hips and turn and then be able to knock the ball down in a manner that really looked like he was playing cornerback at, you know, at a reasonably high level. Um, and he makes you know, fluid reads of two-man route combinations on one side, so he avoids you know, getting rubbed by, by another wide receiver while trying to cover one. And he's very disciplined about staying in position with route combinations um, to work you down, you know, work far downfield. So uh, I think for for me, he's more of a pass defender who can give you some, you know, sideline to sideline pursuit um, and and be able to rally to the ball. But I don't see him as much as of a run defender. And as an edge blitzer, I think that you know there's there's some work that he that he'll probably have to do technically to actually. Um, get pretty decent at that, but he's a great spy on quarterbacks. He trusts his eyes. He wraps up. He plays in the middle of the field or nickel well. And if he's assigned to cover a quarterback, he can do a really good job in terms of making decisions on that. Yeah, it just seems like he is the prototype almost, Matt, for what they're looking for now as a linebacker you know it's a guy that played safety but has some size can cover it just seems like that's what they want yeah and and you know it's interesting to see what how that's going to go because I, I think about it as i watch the nfl these days and you know i hear a lot of the media over the past few years kind of joke about john gruden and him being out of date when he entered in and i'm thinking to myself you know, I don't think the West Coast offense has been out of date yet. And I don't think that, you know, I don't think they're going to be saying that when he builds a mammoth offensive line and starts running over nickelbacks, you know, and you start seeing, you know, the Raiders do that. You see, you know, the, the Eagles do that against Chicago a couple of weeks ago where they keep putting, bringing their, their safety down um, into the box to try and defend the run and he's getting run over or not being in a good position and just watching a lot of the best teams being able to run out of 21 and 12 personnel and 
So, I mean, when I see guys like this, who I wonder about how physical they are, they seem like the prototype and I'm sure they're going to find some, there's some things that they do extremely well, but I wonder how much the, uh, the cycle is, you know, going back to uh, a little bit more of a physical run game and how well he's going to fare in that. Let's get to Saturday night. It is Oklahoma at Baylor. Should be an awesome game. Now, Grant Calcaterra, tight end for Oklahoma, has been banged up, but I want you to uh I want you to break him down anyway. Yeah, I mean it's it's I'm waiting I had a feeling that he might have a chance to come back with this. We've covered a fair bit of Oklahoma guys who who we've certainly liked and and appreciate and in terms of draft eligible prospects Calcaterra is a you know he's a sure-handed big receiver makes plays against tight coverage he attacks the ball well he can do it well away from his frame and he sets up his routes pretty well he can disguise his stems to force the defenders in coverage to turn away from where he you know where he's going to actually end up going and he works through physical play well on in-breaking routes I really like that about him because He's going to have to work in traffic as a guy that's really more of a big receiving tight end as opposed to uh, an inline guy. Um, he does play a little bit in line, but mostly he projects well as a slot, uh, maybe occasionally put a flanker on the wing as an H-back. Um, and as a blocker, I mean, he can earn position with his hands. He'll shield defenders. doesn't have great speed or burst for his position, so that's why he's probably going to be more of a tweener at that tight end spot. Um, and not really a refined run blocker. Um, even if you cast him as a receiver, I'd say I've seen receivers do a, 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 a number of receivers do a better job than what we're seeing out of Calcaterra at this point, but that's improvable. Um, he needs to show more suddenness with releases and breaks, and I think if he can show a little bit more of that, I'm interested in how he tests. I'm also just interested in, in seeing how, you know, when he comes back from injury, how he performs, you know, in that level, and maybe in an all-star game to get a, a close look at him. How about for Baylor? I got to be honest, with you, I don't know that many players for Baylor. I just know they're undefeated. Uh, we'll start with a D lineman, Baylor DND tackle James Lynch. Yeah, this was a first-team preseason um, guy in the Big Twelve who you know plays end and tackle during his career. He's I think he's better. He's really starting to come into his own as an end in a three-man front, which is what they play. Um, and I wonder if playing at the tackle spot wore him out a little bit in the past, um, facing a lot of those double teams, because he is looking pretty good as a, as a three-man end. He has decent arm length. He can get his hands on defenders first and dictate some interaction. Um, he has a pretty good one-arm technique, turn leverage to the side and play the runner. Um, he, he has a decent first step, but I'm just not really sure he has great acceleration. Um, I, I, he'll pursue, he won't give up, but he's not going to catch many ball carriers once they break the line of scrimmage. However, when he does close reasonably well around the edge or downhill, um, he, he can cover some ground. He's shown some ability to cover ground quickly from those types of angles. And he shows a little bit of bend on the edge, um, with a good rip move and, you know, the big thing for me is that he can take himself out of plays a little bit while trying to shed the alignment. Um, but he does locate the runner well playing as a defensive end and working across the face of the tackle or down the line in pursuit. As long as he can take straight line angles, he tends to show a little bit more burst than he does when he has to have some bend. Um, he, 
He's a disruptive guy in terms of being able to get into the backfield and either cutting a lead blocker or pulling, you know, meeting the lean blocker, pulling across the formation. And he has, you know, he wraps up really well as a tackler. I'm just, I'm just concerned that he's a little bit too lumbering as an athlete or mover to, to really make an impact at the next level. But I think there's a shot and it's interesting to see, you know, as we get further into this process, um, how he fares. Keeping it moving uh, with another Baylor player, and that is wide receiver Denzel Mims. Yeah, and this is a guy you're going to know on Sundays, I have a feeling. This guy has excellent body control in the air, wins second chance opportunities because he has great comp- concentration and good technique with his hands. He really understands that the fingertips stop the spin of the ball. So if the ball hits your hands and you can't grab on it right away, that recoil is a lot softer. And he's shown that over and over again. He can run by cornerbacks, if not press. He's gonna, and he tracks the ball extremely well. And he's really developed over the course of his career an excellent combination of moves off the line. He knows how to use the hesitation move or the stick and vary them along with a chop or rip or dip and, or a swipe and really set up those combinations as the game goes along. He learns, he knows how to do something that Drew Lieberman over the sideline hustle, really great um, source of information in terms of wide receiver play that people can find on YouTube, you know, on how to steal a release, setting up defenders on run plays with routes where he can see what they react to and then they use that later. So he gets in the head of opposing cornerbacks, and I'm really impressed with that. Is a great catch radius. He works inside well. He has the strength to pull um, through defenders trying to reach and grab him, and he has a good, you know, hard break on his route. So he's developed the ability to drop his weight. Just has to work on boundary technique a little bit. But this is a guy that catches the ball against contact, and I think the difference between him being a star in the league and how well. And, and maybe being a starter or a contributor is how well he wins targets after contact in terms of his hand strength, how good his hand strength is, because what he shows right now, there's real promise. Um, it just depends on what he does up against top competition as you know, and whether he can maintain that level of strength that it looks like he shows right now. There is top competition, Matt, anytime you're betting on college football or the NFL, it's not easy We all know that. That's part of the deal. But it's also what makes it fun. And we recommend betonline.ag and using the promo code PODCAST1 for the 50% welcome bonus, 5-0, which is pretty awesome. Betonline.ag, promo code PODCAST1 gets you the 50% welcome bonus. And... Who knows, maybe I'll even win the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge again and be able to give you guys a little uh, a little cashola in your account. So make sure, if you don't already, get your account over there and, and make a decent deposit so you get the nice 50% welcome bonus. Georgia-Auburn, Matt, is Saturday. It's 3.30. It's CBS. Uh, We've talked about both these teams previously, but there are prospects for both teams that we still have not discussed. So it's the marquee CBS game. Let's get to Auburn left guard Markel Harrell. Yeah, you know, statistically they say he's one of the tops at denying pressure in college ball. and, And he's a guy that, you know, he plays on his toes as a pass protector, 
Um, I don't see him getting, being a victim to many push-pull attempts, though defenders do try that on him. Comes off low as a you know run blocker with good first step angle. He seals the inside well as a runner, and he's capable of earning a good position with his hands on defensive tackles. He torques those guys to the ground um, on pass rushes. He has good feel for leverage to get under the arm of his opponents and really turn them or just send them you know to the turf. I like how he pulls. He finds the linebacker, finds a way to cut him off and pin him into the pile. Um, he's pretty quick as a puller on traps. And he shows some promise with working his hands independently, which is important, you know, when it comes to being able to to work defenders around a, a target and to be able to continue to stay with them as you're moving your feet um, and they try to redirect. He's not consistently strong at earning angles at the second level, though, when it comes to zone blocking. I think he's a better gap blocker, which is something that they do a lot more of at Auburn. So you can understand that. Um, but he's going to have to work on, you know, finding – and really earning those angles to the linebackers on zone blocks. He does handle twists and late rushers well. Um, I like what I saw from Markel Harrell thus far. And then uh, let's get to a couple of Georgia boys for uh, from the Georgia boy. I don't know if you consider yourself a Georgia boy or not, but um, <laughs> I know you lived in Athens for a long time, so I'm calling you that. How about Georgia linebacker Monty Rice? Hey, I've earned it. Uh, and listen, he's a – <laughs> He's a well-built athletic linebacker. He's, he has good range sideline to sideline, and he finishes strong as a chase tackler. He's going to run you down. And he gets, you know, when he can get his back to the guard or center or stay clean, um, he can work to the running back in the hole and finish strong. Um, he can get a leverage advantage downhill against um, offensive linemen. He'll clog up creases in the run game. Um, I just haven't seen him on tape shed really well using his hands when he has to use his hands in situations he's more of a guy that likes to move other players into the crease and his teammates help out or or deliver the hit and knock people um you know into a ball carrier i think his angles that he takes at working across the field um in the box can be a little questionable at times and he can get lost in traffic when it wasn't really necessary for him to do so and I, I think part of that is that he just doesn't trust what he sees to attack it at the speed of instinct that you'd like to see. So I'm a little worried about his instincts, and that's a tough thing when you talk about working with, you know, evaluating defenders. Um, but when he gets to this target, he wraps well. Um, he finds the ball, and, you know, to, to me it's just more about does he have the instincts to trust what he sees and not bite too easily on certain types of play fakes or certain types of misdirection where he can wind up abandoning responsibilities. But this is, like I said, a really good athlete who fits the part physically. And then finally, uh, I wanted to save plenty of time for this one. Jake <laughs> Fromm. Uh, I'll let you go first, and then I'm, I'm going to chime in on him. Okay, good. Um, you know, I've watched a, a fair bit of Fromm, you know, recently. And to me, this guy, I understand why a guy like Gary Danielson, you know, former quarterback, would say he's one of the more poised passers that he's seen. And, and you've seen the offense that he runs, you know, obviously he executes a lot of three, five, seven-step drops. He understands how to use the manipulative tricks that you need to use as a quarterback, like opening up your body to a certain side of the field so that you can hold a safety or hold linebackers and then make the quick pivot and fire to the other side. Um, he has a terrific shoulder fake, and he shows the ball a fair bit with a, you know, maybe not a violent pump fake, 
but with uh, enough motion that he can manipulate people. And it makes him a really good red zone quarterback. I don't know about the stats yet on his red zone play, um, but I know about what I see on film. And what that means to me is that he knows that he doesn't have a lot of time um, to be able to hold on to the football. He knows that the windows are smaller and he understands how to manipulate that quickly and make the quick decision and fit the ball where it needs to be. And you can see that in his footwork. And if you're good in the red zone as a, as a young quarterback in the college game, that's really promising because there's so many different skills that have to be integrated into that at a high refined level. And he shows that um, he has enough arm that he can drive the ball opposite hash you know, intermediate and vertical range of the field. I've seen him be able to roll out and against Notre Dame made a beautiful throw that ended up being dropped in the near the end line, but he put it exactly where it needed to be. Some of the type of throws that you saw Russell Wilson get lauded for to Tyler Lockett this season, if he's been able to make throws that get you in that range where I look at it and I graded it as that some of those throws as pinpoint, even though the receiver may have to go up and get it because it's the only place where he needed to throw it kind of the way Bill Walsh would have thought that um, he climbs well from edge pressure. I think that's where I'm most impressed with him because when it comes to the pocket, he takes incremental movements under pressure. He's very economical until he, he shouldn't be. And there are a lot of guys who we think about them and that when they, when the pocket collapses on them or it gets tight, a guy like Baker Mayfield, you'll see him bolt a little bit more with more dramatic steps Sometimes Kyler Murray, you'll see very dramatic steps, even the drop into the eyes. A guy like Lamar Jackson, in contrast, takes very incremental movements so that even if you don't love the spacing of his feet as a thrower from a mechanical standpoint for certain types of throws, when you look at Lamar Jackson, you can see that he's always in a position where he can get rid of the ball until he decides that he can't be in a position to to, to get rid of it and he needs to run and Jake Fromm is a lot like that you, you know in terms of how economical he is he can move to the left reset fire give his receiver real chances to win the ball in unscripted plays and best of all he handles multiple points of pressure well um, and this is for a quarterback really with average mobility you know this isn't a Lamar Jackson type of prospect by any stretch of the imagination um, but he finds a way to get away. He times it well. He has a good feel for bodies around him and understands, you know, how to how to respond in kind. And in terms of, you know, zone coverage, I'm impressed with his ability to, to manipulate against zone as well as man, um, you know, which, again, is why that feeds into his red zone skill. You know, for me, where I worry about him a little bit is I see some see-it-throw-it tendencies under pressure where he'll wait too long for the break of a receiver rather than anticipating the break. And especially working on routes going across the field in the shallow and intermediate areas, he, he can tend, up being, tend to be accurate where he rush, rushes some of his process and he can be inaccurate and throw high over the middle. And I'm, I'm concerned a little bit about that. Um, he tends to be low in the flats and high in the middle of the field. And that's not a great combination of how you're inaccurate when you tend to be. Um, he can stare down receivers when their safety is in position to read them. Um, and I, and I want to see him show a little bit more manipulation in terms of how he sells it. Um, you know, he's better in the flat when he disguises um, those types of throws. But what I like about him most is I don't think he shrinks away from big throws in late games. And, and there, you know, when I think about a kid who just really integrates what he does well and does it, does it together, 
He reminds me physically of more of like a Kirk Cousins type of player, but I think a more refined player than what I ever thought Kirk Cousins was when he came out of Michigan State. This is kind of the guy I think people thought Kirk Cousins could be right away, um, as opposed to what Kirk Cousins is is hopefully still developing into. So I think I told this before, Matt, but I, I, I do the U.S. Army Bowl every year, and he was unbelievably impressive from a personality and leadership standpoint. And I'm not going to say that he's Tom Brady because nobody should ever say anybody's Tom Brady. It's just stupid. He's the best quarterback there's ever lived. Like, it's ridiculous to say who's going to be. But he's got a lot of similarities to Brady is what I would say and how I would describe it. So, you know, I, I highly doubt he'll have the same career or be the same type of player, but he's got enough similarities that I would be very, very intrigued. He, he would be higher on my list than other people just because of what I saw when I was around him. And it does seem like in the big games, he makes the clutch throws. I mean, I was really impressed with him in the SEC championship game last year. Uh, I just think he's a, he's a very, very impressive kid. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'd be buying stock in him because it seems like his stock is lower. I'd be buy- like I'd rather have him than Jordan Love, and maybe I'll be wrong, but I- I'd rather go to war with Jake Fromm than Jordan Love. I never met Jordan Love, but I've now watched him score seven points against Air Force and watch him throw a bunch of picks against Wake Forest, and so I would I would absolutely lean towards going with a guy like Jake Fromm. Yeah, and, and Ross, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm not one to do, like you see a lot of draft analysts do what I call soap opera rankings, which is, you know, fine. You're you're in a business and you're trying to keep, you know, interest in, in terms of for your readers of where they are and how they move on your board because things change. You know, I've probably watched a half a dozen games of Jake Fromm over the past couple of years that I've charted. And, and and there's a lot of guys that I've watched maybe two to three games and I'm going to watch at least another eight to 10 from each of these guys. So, you know, giving you the information I'm going to give you, take that with a grain of salt, but he's the top quarterback on my board right now in terms of how he scored. Um, and that's, you know, that's including guys that I've watched like Tua, um, you know, and, and Herbert and, you know, Burrow, who's played extremely well. And a lot of that is, is that I, you know, we've talked about this before, why I've liked guys like Russell Wilson out of the draft or Patrick Mahomes out of the draft is that there is an element of, you know, intuitive skill, understanding how to play to that speed of instinct and be confident. It's a performance craft. And when it comes to what he does on the stage, even in, the, you know, I'm watching games where I see, you know, mistakes on the, you know, on the stat sheet. And I'm looking at those mistakes and you look at the context of it. It's a receiver failing to catch the ball. The ball's in the right position. Um, You know, or if there is a mistake, how does he rebound from it? How does he, does he, is he the reason why the team is in position to win? Um, Or is he the reason why the team is, you know, losing? And usually from what I've seen against good teams, He's the guy that's always putting this team in position to win. And, you know, and it's from an athletic standpoint, it's a, from a technical standpoint, as well as it is from just a conceptual standpoint. He reads blitzes pretty darn well. Um, 
you know, he seems to find solutions pretty well. Watching the Texas game was a great example where they were down pretty much throughout the game. And he threw an interception in that where he, you know, he had to climb the pocket up the middle and he tried to throw off balance on a post route and didn't see a dropping safety who was able to catch up and undercut the throw. And he also got hit while he was delivering the ball. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I'm watching him against the Floridas of the you know, in the SEC teams. And, and this is a guy that when I say he's a better version of what, you know, people expected from Kirk Cousins, well, you, you look at Kirk Cousins, you look at Tom Brady, and they're very much in the same family of quarterback styles, how they win, what they, what they need to do, what, what their type of range of skills are um, physically in the game and how teams try to, you know, how it, an offense will try to use those guys you know, at least from the neck down and then from the head up, I think the difference obviously between Tom Brady and, and Kirk Cousins are some of the things that you're seeing from Jake Fromm. And so if I were going to, you know, have them on a spectrum, obviously I'd say Jake Fromm, you know, at the point of when they were prospects, Jake Fromm is probably um, not in the area code of Tom Brady. He's probably in the area code of Tom Brady, just not in this, you know, not in the same town in terms of where they were, you know, maybe at the early points of their career, but you know, it doesn't take long for you know two hunks in a trunk to move them over to that uh, that side of town if if everything falls in the right position. But that's a big if. Excellent work, Maddie Dubs. I loved it. Ready for those three different awesome college football games this weekend. Love them at the different time slots as well. Georgia Auburn always loaded. By the way. Speaking of college football and college football knowledge, how about now a word from Martellus Bennett, who's a professor at the Dos Equis College Football Football College. Hey, college football fans. Martellus Bennett here. Do you want to win every football argument this season? Dominate every debate? Become a pigskin prodigy? Then enroll in a Dos Equis College Football Football College where you'll learn from football insiders like me, Jay Cutler, Katie Nolan, and Arthur John Bacon, the man who wrote the book on college football. So be the first in your family to earn a football-watching certificate from a beer school. Enroll in Dos Equis College Football Football College at dosequis.com backslash edu. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Copyright 2019, Dos Equis Beer Brands. Official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Finally, there's a football beer school for me. Thank you, Martellus. And thank you, all of you, for listening. Love it. Make sure you check out the Fantasy Feast later and my power rankings. Some movement on new number one on the Ross Tucker football podcast that you should absolutely check out. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.